Hello and welcome to the Your Honest Ally podcast. My name is Amy Greenaway and I am here to be your straight shooting bestie who lovingly tells you what you need to hear without beating around the bush, is your biggest hype girl and wants to see you living the life of your dreams. In this podcast, we will cover all things self-development from manifestation, relationships, sex, fertility, owning your space and so much more. You will be exposed to ideas that will expand your horizons and give you knowledge to make empowered life decisions. Before we get into it, I invite you to open up that beautiful mind of yours, leave all the offense behind and get ready to take full accountability and own your life. Let's grow together because hey, I'm still figuring out life too. Hello and welcome back to the Your Honest Ally podcast. My name is Amy Greenaway and I'm excited to be in your ears. I hope you have all had a fabulous week and yeah, today I am talking about becoming a healthy girly and how to stay motivated. I'm very excited to delve into that topic. Before I start off today, a little life update. Uh, We went to Snow Machine. It was amazing. It was in Queenstown in New Zealand and we just had the best time ever. I kept saying, this is my life. Like, this is my life. Can you believe this is my life? It was so fucking fun. And yeah, it was just a blast. I did take a few days to recover from it. Monday, Tuesday, I was on Struggle Street. I was working, but I was on Struggle Street. And I feel like I'm still trying to catch up because I fly down to Sydney (laughs) this week as well. So it's constant catch-ups, but that's okay. That's okay. Our date day went really well. Kirk loved it. He wasn't <laughs> too keen on the drive when I did tell him, I said, you're not going to like the first half. It's quite a long drive. And he didn't believe me. And then as we were driving and we ended up driving past Brisbane, he was like, oh my gosh, what on earth? Why the fuck are we in the Gold Coast? But it was a beautiful day, beautiful weather. We had so much fun. And yeah, it was just wonderful all round. And yeah, we've just had his birthday. We had our anniversary. It's all been a good time. Now, before I get stuck into the topic of today, let's have our fun fact, recommendation and life hack segment. So today we have a recommendation and I'm actually going to recommend a book that I absolutely love. If you have ever asked me for a book recommendation, this will always be my first my first point of call, like I will always say this, but my recommendation for today is a book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. It is an incredible book and I think every single person on the planet should read it if they can. It's so, so fucking good and it will, well, it should, if you let it, change your life. And it's just all about how I I always say these things anyway, but it's how the tiny little things that you do every single day all add up to either get you where you want to go or take you away from where you want to be. And it just really highlights how every tiny little decision that you make really does matter. So I recommend The Slight Edge. Get your hands on it if you can. 
I read it personally once a year and it like kicks me straight back into gear if I'm not really living by my values or by the slight edge, as you would say. Definitely recommend it. Get your hands on it. Now, let's get into the topic of today. So the topic of today is becoming a healthy girly and how to stay motivated or just becoming a healthy human. You don't need to be a girl to be healthy. Anyway, so let's get into it. Always been what people perceive as a healthy person, I would say. Maybe except for when I was in the USA or Canada. Um, but yeah, I was I was the kid who ate tomatoes instead of lollies, walked barefoot before it was cool to all the other parents' disgust, um, danced and always stayed quite active. Then in year seven or eight, I kind of hit puberty and I gained a bit of weight, which was not nice for me. Um, I ate, <laughs> I ate sausage rolls and ice cream at school every fucking day. And I also ate so fast. My dad once asked me if I needed a shovel to eat my dinner. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so I am not a naturally fit or thin girl. I am extremely muscly. I can both gain muscle and put on weight super easy. And I can also lose weight easily. But with that, I have to always be conscious about what I consume and my movement. Not in an unhealthy way, but more in an aware way. I'm aware of what I'm doing. So I have a mesomorph body type. And if you've never heard of like the body types, there's three main body types. And some people are a mix of them. But to simplify it, there are ectomorphs, mesomorphs, and endomorphs. So an ectomorph, they are those thin people who struggle to gain weight or muscle. People call them hard gainers. Ectomorphs have a fast, faster metabolism and a higher basal metabolic rate, which is a BMR, which is what your body burns at rest. So the fuel your body burns just hanging out, surviving. Ectomorphs have a higher rate of that, which means they burn through calories, aka fuel consumed quite quickly. Then there are mesomorphs. Uh, mesomorphs tend to be balls of muscle naturally. They generally have a hard or toned body with muscle definition and are naturally quite strong. Mesomorphs gain muscle very easily. I look at a barbell and build muscle, <laughs> but they also gain fat a lot easier than an ectomorph and at the same time they can lose fat easily. So pretty much they need to monitor their diet and exercise all the time or you can blow out very easily. Endomorphs have softer bodies. They're generally shorter and find it harder to lose fat. It's not impossible, but it's just harder for them. Think of an ectomorph's body like a really efficient car, that a really fuel-efficient car that can go for miles on one tank of petrol. That is a endomorph. So in order for an endomorph to lose fat, they need to do a lot more than, say, an ectomorph. They also gain muscle pretty easily. 
Um, they can be super small too, but they just need to watch what they consume and maintain an active lifestyle in order to not gain a lot of weight. So, you know, an ectomorph in school was the person that ate donuts and sausage rolls and ice cream every day and just did not put on any weight at all. And then a mesomorph was the one that was kind of in between and an endomorph is the other end of the spectrum that often they say or they look at a piece of cake and they gain weight, which isn't true, but that's just how people feel. So for me, having the mesomorph body type means I have been teeny tiny and large and all the sizes in between. And as I have been there, I can relate to many women who struggle with their weight and motivation. A lot of people touting fitness tips or coaches telling you to be compliant with their plans have never actually had to live with more weight on their bodies than they're used to or than they'd like, which means they can't always empathize or understand what it's like to live through it. And they're often like really savage coaches and it really grinds my gears. Something I do like to look out for in a coach like for me personally I've had you know many coaches over the years and I can really tell the difference between the coaches that they just have all the they have all the know-how and they do get great results but because they've never actually been larger or um, struggled with their weight in that way I often find they can't empathize with their clients that are larger and they're a bit more you know hard hard balls I guess to say they aren't good coaches they can be incredible coaches they just often don't have the emotional intelligence or the life experience to understand kind of what you're going through or what you have been through but anyway one thing I do struggle to understand is how people go through life without being active at all Like we all know the benefits of moving our bodies, not only physically, but it's amazing for your mental health as well as your brain in general. Regular exercise is shown to help prevent degeneration of the brain, bones, your muscles, everything. Like you know, if you stay strong now, lift weights now, look after your body now, there's more chance of when you're elderly and you fall over, you can get back up because you have prevented degeneration. We know these things, and if you didn't know this previously, now you do, and you have no excuse to not put yourself first in exercise. So, I yeah, I don't understand how people don't exercise, especially with how good it makes you feel, but, you know, it seems to be a thing. I get asked a lot about how I personally stay motivated and how I consistently show up, even though, you know, through all phases of my life. And there are quite a few things that are always front of mind for me with this. So those things are, firstly, and probably the most importantly and the biggest impact is I have made being healthy and active a huge part of who I am as a human being. It is like my identity. It is just who I am and what I do. It is a habit ingrained in me to the point of when I'm not Doing the things that cause me to be healthy and active, like exercising, walks, eating well, meditating, etc. I fucking feel it. Like I feel so off. When I don't exercise, I really notice I can't handle stress as well. 
So it is now the norm for me to do those things and it's abnormal for me not to do them. I remember years and years ago I went to a hypnotherapist. Um, I, I don't know why. What? But one of the things I wanted to do was lose weight and he said to me, we want to get it to the point of it's abnormal for you to not do it. And if I'm honest, that hypnotherapy session didn't do shit for me, but that kind of saying stuck in my head and that's just how I am now. Okay, so my next point is I do most of my exercise early in the morning before I can talk myself out of it because I will I will talk myself out of it if I if I don't do it in the morning. Honestly, if you if I thought to myself, I'm going to go to the gym this afternoon and someone texted me and said, hey, do you want to meet up or do you want to go for a walk or do you want to have some dinner? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm doing that thing with you. So I need to hack my life to make sure that I did all my exercise, all my exercise in the morning before my day starts and then it's done and I do not have to think about it. Also, I do exercise that I enjoy. I personally love lifting heavy ass weights, going for walks and dancing. So I do those things. I don't do burpees or anything I do not enjoy. If someone said to me, you're going to do 100 burpees today, I would get in my car and drive away. <laughs> so you need to find an exercise or a, an activity that you really enjoy doing and that you like showing up to and that makes you feel really good. And it's not always going to be the first time you like it because when you're new at something, it's never really that fun. But once you get the hang of things, you get better. Like often people don't like lifting weights until they really learn how to do it properly and then they really feel the maximum benefits and they're like, why was I not doing this earlier? So, yeah, stick it out um, and find what you enjoy. This point isn't really a fun one, but I understand that sometimes as a human being, you have to do shit that you don't want to do in order to get the result you want to have. So I wake up at 4am to go to the gym four days a week and at 5.30am on days I don't train in order to get my morning routine done before I get stuck into my day. I would be lying right now if I told you that when that 4am alarm goes off, I do not want to snooze for another fucking hour. But snoozing for the extra hour does not serve future Amy and I know this and when I'm laying there in bed thinking I don't want to wake up right now I also remind myself well I'm going to feel like shit if I don't get up and my day isn't going to be how I planned and I never regret getting up and training and looking after myself so sometimes often as an adult we've got to do shit we don't want to do and waking up like honestly if if I could, I would wake up later, but I can't. So I have to wake up at 4 a.m. and that's what I do. This one is a kind of big one and it really does help a lot is you've probably heard it all before, but I have created a morning routine that helps me thrive in my daily life. So it kind of makes it a non-negotiable. When I don't do my morning routine, I am mentally scattered and not as productive or efficient. And I really, really notice it. So having this morning routine has been a game changer for me and it kind of dominoes into the rest of my life, which is really good. 
My next point is I don't see exercise as a punishment and I 1 million percent do not believe that you need to exercise to burn off the food that you ate before. So that that mentality is not in my mind at all. And I think if it was, I would really struggle to live the life that I do and be a healthy human being. Like the whole one Mars bar equals 30 minutes of running bullshit is that. It's literally that. It's fucking bullshit and it's so toxic and it's really not a good way to look at diet or exercise at all. Never, ever, never, ever under any circumstance punish yourself with exercise or starvation or eating something. You need to remove that thought and process from your mind. I also do not believe in cheat meals. Having a cheat meal or cheat day is essentially a form of binging that is normalized and it's kind of not okay. Like you just ate something that you enjoyed for that moment and you forgave yourself and moved on. Like you shouldn't even have to fucking forgive yourself. You just ate something that you enjoyed and you're like, okay, let's move on now. We don't want to be having those kind of foods all the time, but we also don't punish ourselves for them or we don't exercise more just so we can. My next point would be I love, love, love the way exercise makes me feel. And also, (laughs) I'm going to say it, also the way it makes me look. Nothing beats the endorphin rush after exercising. Honestly, going in the feeling side, nothing beats it. For me, it's especially after I've lifted an intimidating amount of weight in the gym, like the high as fuck feeling I have after squatting 150 kilos is like nothing else. I used to actually get really good endorphins when I would run as well, like the rush after, shit while you're doing it, but then the after after effects of um your run or like doing just doing hard shit you feel fucking good and then it just sets you up really well for the rest of your day and with the way it makes me look yes I love the way like well with my kind of training like the I I yes I have a naturally muscly body but the hard body the toned look I really like that look and I like I like looking in the mirror thinking damn girl anyway um, next thing is I have been overweight a few times in my life. And if I'm a hundred percent honest, I feel like absolute fucking shit when I am. It affects everything in my life negatively. And when you don't feel good about yourself or feel happy in your body, it seeps into all aspects of your life, right? Like I still love myself and what my body does for me during those times. But everything is harder and I despise not feeling good in my body. Kind of like what I was just saying. Some may say it's vain, but I don't give a fuck. I like to stand in front of the mirror naked and think, fuck, I am hot. Or walk past like a reflection when I'm just walking around naked and like, oh, man, you're looking good. Um, And you can't say that you don't like that either. Let's just go there. I know everyone's like, call me smart instead of beautiful, but it's also nice. Or call me, call me intelligent instead of sexy as fuck. How about, why can't I have both? Anyway, tangenting again. Um, I also like to move real fast, dance, and do lots of things with my life. And when I am overweight, I struggle with those things. And it just doesn't feel nice. I just don't feel as, it's, 
It's feet, I guess. It's really nice to feel fit. Because you can be skinny. You can be skinny. You can be skinny fat. I don't want that. I want to be healthy and fit and fast and strong and capable. That's a good word, capable. And for me, I am not healthy when I am overweight for my size. So some people can be larger or naturally larger and are still at their tip-top health. And that is so great and so wonderful, amazing. But this chick, me, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those people, unfortunately. I need to watch what I am doing. And I am, I am my number one asset. I need to show up for myself as much as, if not more, than I do for my job, my partner, my friends, my family, all the other things. And you are, you are your number one asset too, FYI. I'm mine, you're yours. Without your health, you have nothing. You can't show up to work for your people in your life at all if you are unwell, right? If, like, what's the saying? Um, everything is super important until you are sick. Then you realize there was only ever one thing that was important, your health. So you are number one and then you can show up to be the best for everyone else and everything else in your life. My last little point would be, I know that no matter what, I will always feel better after moving my body and nourishing it properly. So these these things are kind of my motivation, my constant thought process, and they help me to stay motivated. But the main the main thing is making it who you are, making it so ingrained in you that if you don't do these things, you notice. If you don't do things that are good for you, you really notice it. And it's really, it's really worth doing that. So I'm going to delve into, so how can you become and embody being a healthy human? First and foremost, this is about loving yourself and looking out for yourself. You know the saying, eat like you love yourself, move like you love yourself. It's harsh, but I'm going to say it because <laughs> that's what I do. Constantly filling yourself with junk and not moving your body is an act of self-harm. Same with living in a calorie deficit and not nourishing your body. That's self-harm too. A calorie deficit is when you are always on a diet. So um, you have lowered your calorie intake to lose weight. You've probably heard it before a million times, but I'm going to say it again as it's true. Having a good morning routine is crucial. We want to create routines and habits to take away the decision-making aspect out of being fit and healthy. So your brain gets decision fatigue. It's a thing and it thrives when it's in a system or process like your brain loves to create habits and pathways. You want to use that to your advantage and get it to a point of where you do things that benefit you without having to think about it. Now, my morning routine. Before I tell you my morning routine, I want you to note that your morning routine does not have to look like mine and you do not have to wake up at 4 a.m. I am not telling you this to make you feel bad about the time you wake up. I personally would not wake up at 4 a.m. if I didn't have to. If I had a choice, I would wake up at 5 a.m. Also, my daily habits and routine have been curated over the last at least six years. 
I did have them prior, but I've really cemented them since moving back from overseas. So don't just think, oh, snap your fingers, I need this perfect morning routine. Like you want to slowly add to it and build it up and make it what you want. And it is ever changing. It doesn't have to be like set in stone forever. It changes with what is happening in your seasons, right? But anyway, so my morning routine is 4 a.m. I wake up and I get Kirk out of bed eventually. (laughs) Um, What I really do is I wake up, I brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, and I get ready for the gym. 4.30, we are at the gym. From about 5.45 to 6.45, I do a morning walk, which is usually during sunrise, except for the summer up here in Queensland when it's risen before, like during while I'm at the gym, which makes me really sad, but it is what it is. And while I'm on my walk, I have it stacked, so I have my gratitude text and I practice my Duolingo. Then from 7 to 7.30, I stretch, shower, meditate, lie on my Shakti mat while I'm meditating and I read. Then 7.30 till 8, I drink my lime, hot water and salt drink and I work on the podcast. Then from 8 a.m., I start work. That's my routine. and it really works really well for me and it sets me up to be in a great mind frame for the day. If I ever wake up and don't at least go for the walk, I am not not a great human that day and I really notice it and I don't I don't like it. So a walk is the minimum that I have to do, but I love the gym. So It's hard to wake up, like I said before, but I do get there and I never regret going. This, you know, having a morning routine can be difficult with kids, but a tip is to get them involved in it or help them create their own routine. Like sometimes they'll be rogue, but it's life. But children really thrive on routine. So why not give them one to even have of their own or join in on yours? I think they would really like that and it would kind of help you as well. Also, some things with my morning is my phone is on do not disturb until 5.30 a.m. at least. So for the first one and a half hours of my day, I don't receive notifications and I don't look at my emails or social media or anything else. I only use my phone for my fitness app and like to track my workout and my camera if I'm filming or taking photos. And this is such a game changer. Do not... You do not, I repeat, you do not want to be scrolling on your phone while in bed. Your bed is a no phone zone. Um, Don't don't let the first thing you do when you wake up is hop on your phone and look at your social media. That is just setting yourself up for a really uh, heightened central nervous system (laughs) that day. It actually... uh, is a really short dopamine hits, which is it's not good for you in the long run. And it also makes you, personally for me, I find if I ever do that, which is very rare, but if I do, I am super anxious and angry throughout the day. So strange, but try and not look at your phone. Like just have time to yourself without your phone. And I, one of the things I love about waking up so early is no one... No one else is awake in the world. No one's interrupting you. No one needs you at that time. And it's just your time. It's really nice. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. 
how do I wake up at 4 a.m.? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I do not have my phone next to my bed. I don't sleep with a phone in a room anyway, but it's actually in another room on charge and the alarm goes off loud. So I have to get up and walk to turn it off. Then I'm up. So that's how, that's how I wake up and it works really well. You, you want to start creating a morning routine that will set you up in the best way possible, right? So choose a time you'd like to wake up if possible and wake up at that same time every day. Studies have shown this is the best, best thing for your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep wake, wake cycle, your natural sleep wake cycle. I wish I could do that, but some nights I'm at dancing until at least 9 p.m. So those next mornings, I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. because I really value my sleep. But if you can, if it is possible and you can go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time most nights, I recommend doing that. Um, then everyone is different, but I encourage you to do more than roll out of bed and get ready for work or whatever you have on for the day. So things you, you should or can include in your morning routine, things like exercise, journaling, meditating, sex with your partner or with yourself, stretching or walk gratitude, anything like that, that can really just set you up for a really good day. It's like you take control of your day rather than just allowing your day to control you and all the circumstances of the day to control you. Um, positivity affirmations, like there's so many things I just got randomly sidetracked. Uh, if you're someone or if you're someone who refuses to exercise in the morning <laughs> for whatever reason, you need to make it a habit in your days to do your workout somehow. I am not really versed in this, so I, I can't give too many tips on it, but a few things would be like booking classes in that you get kind of penalized if you don't show up. I used to have a gym that if you booked classes and you didn't show up, then they would block you from using the classes, which was like, that was a good way. Um, or having an activity that's just a part of your afternoon will help with this. Like, for me, for dancing, I just know there's certain nights of the week I'm at dancing and it's just an appointment, right? So you just go regardless and it's just part of your routine. So afternoon routines can be harder to implement as life just happens and things happen and things get in the way. But if you want it, you would do it, right? So if you want to train in the afternoon, by all means do that. But I still recommend having a morning routine that involves some sort of movement and gratitude and just setting yourself up for success. Then the next thing would be a nighttime routine, like nighttime sleep routine is really, really helpful too. Sleep hygiene is huge and sleeping properly is the most important thing you can do for yourself. I repeat, it is the most important thing you can do for yourself. It is like a fat loss hack or a muscle building hack in the fitness world that we all tout, but no one really wants to listen to it. So I know for parents and young children, it is more difficult to obviously sleep. And I'm not always like saying that to you, but it does need to be prioritized where possible. I recommend you read the book, Why We Sleep. It is mind boggling and a very important read. And it will, it will kick your butt in making sure that you are getting some valuable sleep. And I know you've heard it all before, but no screens or blue light at least an hour before bed. It's true. It fucks up your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep wake cycle. Any sort of light or blue light can really, because I think 
think back to the cavemen time, right? And that's where we came from. The the night was dark and the the morning was light. And so they would go to sleep in the dark and wake up in the light. So when it's dark outside but you've still got lights on or blue light or you're scrolling on your phone getting all of these dopamine hits, it's very, very hard for your brain to switch off and think it's bedtime now. And then you try and go to sleep and you've got all of these things going on in your head. So no screens or blue light now before bed. Another thing is if you take melatonin, which is fine, if you take melatonin, you cannot have any unnatural light after you take it. It's actually really bad for your eyes. So that's a random fact. But yeah, choose your process to wind down. For me, I like to have magnesium. We have a really hot shower. Kirk generally massages whatever part of my body is sore. Yes, he is a godsend. He's amazing. And we make the room as dark as possible, put on the sounds of oceans, and I tickle his back, and then we go to sleep. Our bed is a no-phone zone 90% of the time, and it's what works for us. So I really want you to prioritize your sleep as much as possible, guys. Now for food, 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 food. The saying holds true. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. When it comes to food, I have to prep. And I honestly believe everyone should be prepping. This takes another decision and annoying activity out of your days. Plus it gives you brain space. So when you prep good meals you will be satisfied and not want random foods that don't align with your goals as often. I'm not saying you won't randomly feel like a Hungry Jack's Oreo Storm ad M&Ms, but it will mitigate you needing or wanting or craving these things all the time. How you prefer to prep is totally up to you, but I recommend you prep. (laughs) If you physically go to work each day, I recommend prepping your breakfast, lunch, and snacks if you have them. If you work from home, it would totally depend on what you're eating for breakfast, but I recommend at least prepping your lunch. I personally always have my lunch prepped, and I quickly make my breakfast because it's kind of eggs. It's like an egg and banana mess, or it's egg and Vegemites, so it's kind of hard to cook in advance, and I'm not a huge fan of boiled eggs. Um, some people, some people pre-cut all their veggies, so it's easy when they're cooking dinner. Some people meal prep in batches of three to four days. Some people meal, have meal prep companies do all their meals for them. Whatever you do, do it. Whatever you want to have, whatever works for you, just do it. And it is a time saver, a mind saver, and I'm all about the mind saving. And it will stop you from eating the foods that don't align with your goals, right, or with your health. So Kirk and I literally eat the same meals on rotation. (laughs) That takes less than 30 minutes to make (laughs) because I don't want to have to think too hard about what we're having each day. Um, But, yeah, it's totally up to you how you do it. And, honestly, taking two hours, honestly, that's way, way more than what it really takes, but let's just say two hours on a Saturday or a Sunday to prep your meals for the whole week, it is a game changer and saves you so much time and energy. Uh, Eat a balanced diet. So how do you find, how you find your balance is totally up to you. If you think being healthy means you cannot have a lot of 
the foods you enjoy, it won't last long at all and you will be binging or saying fuck being healthy in no time. So we don't want that. I personally have a huge, huge sweet tooth. And if I told myself I could never have ice cream or lollies again, I would end up eating more of them in the end and it would be counterproductive, right? So for me, I generally follow the 80-20 rule. This means I eat 80% whole nutrient-dense foods and 20% of the time I eat what I call soul foods. You know, they're foods that they're not the best for my health, but they're great for my soul. Some thing that works for Kirk and I is we eat similar things Monday to Friday and then Friday night to Sunday, we enjoy most of our meals out and have someone else cook for us, aka go to restaurants. Um, like we don't, we don't cook in the kitchen on weekends. <laughs> and it was so funny. Actually, Kirk actually said to me a few months ago, Hey, maybe one weekend we could do a weekend of having all our meals at home and like cooking all our meals. And I just looked at him like he had three heads. Are you serious? Are you going to take away? I love going to restaurants. Are you going to take that away from me? And I, we were talking about, (laughs) we're talking to our friends and I, like, I know people do it, but the thought of just eating all my meals at home for a weekend, it's it kind of makes me feel gross. <laughs> like how boring. But people do it. And I was saying to my friend, I could not tell you a time since hmm, since I can't I honestly I I can't tell you a time that I remember ever eating all my meals at home on a weekend. I don't. I think we we purposely tried to do it one weekend a few weeks ago, but we've we've gotten better. Sometimes we cook breakfast and it's just a really easy breakfast on the weekend. But yeah, we eat all our meals out, and that's the way I like it. Uh huh, uh huh, it, uh huh, uh huh, and that's how we find our balance. <laughs> um, one thing I will say is you are probably not eating enough protein. I would happily put a lot of money on that one. You, I know, I just know it. You need to eat more protein, full stop, end of discussion. Especially if you don't know how much protein you're eating, I'm going to say you're not eating enough. So it is essential. Protein is essential for muscle and bone repair development, your hormones, enzymes. It's just extremely important. When I, when you hear people touting protein, 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 eat your protein, it's for a fucking reason. So a good number to aim for is two grams of protein per kilo of body weight that you have. There is obviously nuance to that depending on how heavy you are. But for example, if you weigh 65 kilos, you should be eating at least 130 grams of protein a day. You're like, okay, how the fuck do I know how to eat enough protein? So 100 grams of chicken breast is about 20 grams of protein. 100 grams of steak is about 30 grams of protein. There's tuna, there's like all your protein, there's cheeses and tofu and all of the things. If you're unsure of how much protein you're consuming, download the free version of MyFitnessPal. Don't listen to the number of calories it's telling you to eat. I'll save that explanation for another podcast. Um, but track, track the protein foods you're eating for the day, meat, cheese, milk, tofu, etc. 
And at the end of the day, scroll to the bottom of your MyFitnessPal diary, click nutrition, click the macros, and look at how much protein you've eaten. I promise you, you're going to be shocked. And it's so fucked up, but this is just what it is. Some people are literally eating like 40 grams of protein a day. And then they're wondering why they feel shit and they're binge eating. Well, that's why, honey. That is why. Anyway, next one, exercise. Let's aim to do vigorous exercise at least four times per week. Three times if you're really time poor, but four times is a good number. While um, we're building these habits and making ourselves into a healthy person, um, does that make sense? Or, and making ourselves into healthy people, we need to pick the number of days to exercise and stick to them. So sometimes life happens and you won't be able to do all of your workouts, but you need to tell yourself, I am someone who exercises four times per week and you need to do it enough that you believe it, right? So that that's my tip for exercise. Oh, and like I said before, do it before you can think about it and then it's over and done with and you don't have to think about it again each day. Next point is to drink more water or fluids. Contrary to what most people say, you don't just want to drink more water, especially if it's not filtered water. If you're just drinking more water without keeping your electrolytes up, uh, you will flush lots of the electrolytes from your body and you won't actually be hydrated. Then this will be worsened if you're just drinking tap water that is not filtered because then you're adding toxins to your body. So you are dehydrated but full of toxins. Uh, the best practice would be to drink at least two to three litres of filtered water, um, have electrolytes in at least one glass of water per day, and also drink a glass of water with Celtic salt in it each day. This will keep your electrolytes up and the water will actually hydrate you. If you are someone that likes things like coconut water, Go hard, honey, because that's full of electrolytes and goodness. Personally, I think it's fucking disgusting. And anyone that I see drinking it, I think you are a cum guzzler because that's what coconut tastes like. But um, anyway, you do you. Drink all the coconut water because it's so good for you. If you want to and if you like it, you won't see me. You won't see me catching drinking coconut water. That is not. Not do something I'm not willing to do at all. If you're someone who doesn't drink much water, then a tip I have is to invest in a large emotional support water bottle. Bonus point, if it has a straw and is super cute. Personally, I have a 1.8 litre water bottle and fill it twice a day. Then I know I have had a solid amount of water. If you hate water, add some flavour to it and get it in. You can have flavoured electrolytes. You can have the coconut water, as I said. Cucumber, mint and lime is a really nice combo in water. Lemon, sugar-free cordial. There's so many things. And don't at me about the sugar-free. Helping you get more water in, then do it, Dal. Just one thing I wouldn't recommend is, people will probably hate me for saying this, um, is BCAAs as a water flavour they are not great for your brain. But anyway, next point, let's prioritize our recovery. So you need to prioritize your recovery. Recover, recover, recover. Invest in your recovery. I personally see a Cairo, a women's health physio, 
I get massages when I can. I stretch, foam roll, and lie on my Shakti mat. So, yeah, I am actually looking into somewhere to do ice baths up here on the Sunshine Coast, but I have had no luck as yet. But if you can get into an ice bath, that is really, really good. Not only is it really great for your body, it's so good for your brain and for anxiety and all of those kind of things. So, yeah, recovery is as important as the work you're putting in. And if you don't recover properly, you won't be able to continue to do what you're doing. And then you will be inactive or be like life will just be painful, which is not fun. And my last point, it's important, but make time for play and fun. Being healthy does not have to be boring. It's only boring when you are super restrictive and cannot do anything. So this just kind of wraps it all up, but like the balance piece, you know, I don't believe it's healthy to do nothing but focus on what you're eating and the exercise you're doing. There's honestly so much more to life than watching what you're eating and going to the fucking gym or doing your steps or getting your exercise in. So still make time to go out to nice restaurants or cook your favorite foods, do fun activities, tick things off your bucket list. Like life is lived once. I could go down that rabbit hole again, but I won't just go back and listen to that episode where I talk all about you taking control of your life. But yeah, make time for it. It's all fun. It's all in the balance and it is a part of being healthy. Enjoying your life is a healthy thing to do, right? So yeah, let's have some fun with it all. Now to wrap up, what we need to do is make small changes and build on them over time. I know, I know, it's exciting to make big changes and be like, I am going to have a 17 million step morning routine and I'm going to drink five liters of water a day and I'm going to not eat sugar and I'm going to exercise twice a day. And we think, fuck yeah, my life is going to be amazing. And then we do that for one day or sometimes a week and we think, why the fuck does anyone do this? Because no one does. People that actually are healthy and live a balanced, beautiful life, don't do that to themselves. So yes, small changes over time and build on it. Now to wrap up, number one, create a simple morning routine that works for you and build on it. The routine should support your physical and mental health and be something that you enjoy, right? Number two, prioritize your sleep and nighttime routine. They are very important. Number three, prep your food. Prep your life. It's amazing and it helps so much. Number four, practice balance. Eat your fucking protein and eat like you love yourself. Number five, move like you love yourself. Number six, drink your fluids. Seven, prioritize your recovery. And eight, have fun with your life. If you do all those things, it will soon be ingrained in you. You're going to be loving your life, kicking goals, doing all the things, feeling your best, looking your best, catching a glimpse of yourself as you walk past naked and be like, oh, dang, dang, I like that. I like that. Mm, I'd fuck that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks for coming, kids. Thank you for listening to me today. Love you all. I am on your side. Just remember that. Please like, share, and rate the podcast. It means so much. I love seeing your shares, and I love to get your feedback. So 
message me if you want. Big love. And remember, I'm on your side. Have a fabulous week. Love you. Mm-hmm.